0: Hey out there, all you home services contractors, welcome to Contractor Radio. Who is Contractor Radio for? It's the blue collar home services contractor. You're a roofing company, you're a siding company, gutter company, painting company, security company, solar company, you name it. You're the person that goes to a homeowner's home, shows them your product or service, and then closes them on the deal. We are your source for getting ahead of your competition. We share strategies and tools and tactics that will help you succeed out there in the industry. We've done this because it's our goal to empower home services contractors to achieve their dreams, to work on their business instead of in it. Our goal is to help you apply those strategies to be successful out there in the field. We here are Contractor Coach Pro. We are coaches that help contractors succeed and achieve those dreams. Sometimes you'll hear from me, Sometimes you'll hear from my co-coach, Nathan, and sometimes you'll hear from our financial coach, Jenny Dupoint. Our goal is to serve you and put you first. We hope that you enjoy our show. We hope that you find it entertaining and educational and helps you with your business and gives you that little bit of secret sauce that helps you get ahead of your competition. If you'd like to find out more about our coaching services, just simply go to contractorcoachpro.com Click on the apply button, go through a little assessment, and that assessment will tell us if you're a good fit or not. We'll have a free strategy call with you, and we'll help you right then and there on that call to succeed a little better than you may be currently. If you think what we do is great, we would love to have you as a client, but if not, our goal is to serve you in any way that we can. And we hope that this is the place that we do it. We're honored to have you, and here's this week's episode of Contractor
1: Radio. Hey everybody, Coach Thibodeau here with Contractor Coach Pro bringing you this episode of the Contractor Radio Podcast. Now I'm really excited about the content that I'm going to talk about today because it's literally been rattling around inside of my head for years. I've been trying to figure out the best way to communicate this concept that I ran across a few years ago uh, in a way that makes sense to people and has the impact that it had on me. And I think I've got it figured out. So here we go. I'd like to set the table just a little bit before we have the meal as it were. Uh, it seems to me that almost every business that exists is comprised of three primary pillars. You've got sales, production or delivery or fulfillment, um, and administration. I know you might be thinking, well, hold on a second, Nathan, there's a lot of other different departments that exist in companies and you're right. I may be oversimplifying for some companies. As our companies grow, we have marketing departments and we might have finance departments and HR departments and we might have uh, customer satisfaction departments and that I understand that. But all the way down to the smallest, most simplest company, even to some medium and larger size companies, sales, production, administration. Now, I've always seen sales as like the face of the company. These are the people who are um, out in the public. They're going on appointments. They're making phone calls. They're going to events. They're representing the company to potential prospective customers of said company. And they're presenting information. They're closing deals. The salespeople, to me, have always felt like, the face of the company to the rest of the world. Now, the production people, production, fulfillment, delivery, installation, there's lots of different names for these folks, always felt to me like the hands of the company. These are the people who have it as their job to deliver, to install, to configure, to maintain the product that the customer purchased from sales, essentially. Then you have administration. I've always thought that administration was always kind of like the body of the company. Um, oftentimes we refer to administration and the people in administration as the glue that holds us all together, right? Administrators are helping out sales, helping out production. Um, they're doing uh, HR work and they're running the finances and they might deal with the technology and they answer the phones and they, they just, they, they touch almost everything inside of the business. I, I list these three pillars because among all these three pillars, I personally believe that sales is is unique in the massive impact that sales or lack thereof has on the trajectory of the business if sales are going well and sales are up and sales are high, we have uh, revenue to 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 grow the company to reinvest uh, to build and to get bigger uh, as we see sales decrease and we see sales go down or stay at a certain level the company will follow suit in its own growth and expansion. I think that because of this uh, massive impact that sales, essentially revenue, has on what happens to a business, I also believe that sales uh, uniquely impacts the culture of the company's company's overall culture. And uh, I've noticed a few different types of sales cultures that exist. Now, I'm not trying to oversimplify things, um, but I do tend to see two primary sales cultures that exist out there in the world. Uh, I've been a part of some of these sales cultures. You guys are probably gonna recognize some of these sales cultures. I've named these sales cultures. I have one that we call the prima donna sales culture, and then I've got the one that we call the monkey sales culture. I'm gonna start with the one I see most First, the most common sales culture that I see is the prima donna sales culture. Now, the prima donna sales culture I think is primarily born out of almost an over attention to sales. Sometimes, sometimes out of just plain fear, the idea that sales needs to needs to have all of the focus, all of the resources, and everybody needs to bend around sales because if we upset sales in one way or another, right? We might upset the revenue, and then upset revenue upsets everybody and everything in the company, right? Well, oftentimes this leads to a fear of actually holding salespeople accountable, uh, and oftentimes they tend to become prima donnas, right? Some things that mark a prima donna sales culture is that oftentimes the people in the sales culture tend to push everybody else around. Oftentimes, prima donna salespeople don't treat others very well if you've been in a company that has this kind of culture and you've worked on the administration or the production or the support end of some kind, you might've been on the short end of some of that treatment in the past. Oftentimes these salespeople get what they want. When push comes to shove, either the thing that you need has to go or the thing that they need has to go. And the thing that you need is the one that's got to go because sales is so important, right? The other marker of a prima donna sales culture is that the salespeople run the show. They run the place. Uh, oftentimes they'll run roughshod right over the owner. Once again, I think primarily out of fear that if we upset this group of people, we upset the revenue and the revenue's everything, right? So uh, you may or may not be identifying with this particular culture. There's another culture out there that I think is a little bit less prevalent uh, in the construction industry, but it still does exist. I call this the monkey sales culture. Now, uh, what I think causes a monkey sales culture is when you have a product that is so good, it is so tight, it's so clean, it is so desirable that the product sells itself, or at least in the mind of the people who made it. And the product sells itself so strong that we don't really need salespeople. we just need monkeys who can pick up a phone and explain the product. They can go on appointment and explain the product. And if they do that, then people are just gonna throw their money at our monkey. (laughs) Now, uh, some of the markers of a monkey sales culture um, are that uh, people in a monkey sales culture are not often viewed as the talent or a talent in the business. The talented people are all the people who create the product and who, are, and who are delivering the product, but this person's just a monkey who takes cash from people. And so as a result of not being viewed as talented, uh, they're also uh, not viewed as being very valuable, right? They're easily replaceable is one of the ways that they're seen. Uh, as a result of that, uh, salespeople in a monkey sales culture often tend to see their incentive structures or their compensation packages messed with a lot, right? Because We can't overpay the monkeys because, after all, they're monkeys. Uh, These people are also typically seen as a necessary evil because the truly talented people are developing the product and delivering the product, uh, and they don't have time to pick up a phone and tell somebody about the product and have cash thrown at them, hence the need for the monkeys. Now, these two different sales cultures are on either end of a spectrum and your company might be somewhere on that spectrum, in that space. But no doubt, if you've, been in, if you've been in sales or in business for any amount of time, you've probably seen or experienced one or the other types of these cultures. I can tell you myself, I have experience with the monkey sales culture. And I tell you what, it is extraordinarily damaging sales culture to sales people, okay? Now, I believe And this is where this thing that's been rattling around in my head for two years is coming from. There is a third type of sales culture that exists. It is profoundly powerful. And I think it is, uh, it's, it's more rare. It's more difficult to recreate or, or, or to, to build inside your own company. I want to introduce that sales culture to you in the form of a story about myself. Now I mentioned earlier uh, that years and years and years ago, uh, I was a part of what I believe to have been kind of more of a monkey sales culture. Well, I left that particular sales culture and I found myself at at another company and I was a salesperson at this other company sales team and I was excited to be there uh, and I was super, uh, super excited to engage and, and learn about what was going on in this place. Now in this particular place, the sales team was actually the smallest, uh, was the smallest group of people or the smallest organization out of the three pillars that existed in this company. There were fewer salespeople than they were in any of the other departments. Well, I'd been there for a little while. I was learning what we were doing. I was building my pipeline. I was starting to close some sales, starting to make some waves, and really starting to enjoy myself and have a good time in this new, in this new environment. Well, it didn't take long before I had my first run in with production. I had closed a sale and I had some thoughts and ideas on how the delivery or how uh, getting this this product into the hands of the customer should go. And production didn't necessarily agree with me on those things. And so there are little differences of opinion on that. Now, like I said, having just come from a monkey sales culture, I was very quick to back off quite frankly, uh, and simply say, okay, you guys are the experts. You know what you're doing, okay? I'm not going to tell you to do your job. Please take good care of the customer. Long story short, things didn't go very well. The customer wasn't particularly happy. There were some expectations that didn't get met, some communication that didn't get ha- that didn't happen. Um, now, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't some sort of giant blow up, and honestly, we got all of these things kind of Mended and taken care of and everything was smoothed over and the customer was happy and production was happy and everybody lived happily ever after, right? <clears throat> well, it wasn't too long after this experience that one of the senior most salespeople in this organization came over to have a conversation with me and uh, he came, comes up to me one afternoon and he says, uh, so I hear you had your first run in with the production folks and I said, yes, I did. Uh, but everything's good. It's all smoothed over. I think we're all good and we're moving on, right? He said, that's awesome. Glad to hear it. Whose fault do you think that was? He asked. Now, uh, me wanting to be transparent, I thought about that. And I said, well, I should tell them, tell them how I feel and he can correct me if I'm wrong. And I said, well, I think it was production's fault. Uh, they didn't deliver the product the way that the customer was hoping. Um, they didn't communicate quite the way they should have been. And so as a result, the customer felt unsatisfied and there we go. Now, uh, he kind of nodded his head. He said, okay, that's fair. That's totally fair. The production messed up and the customer was upset. I get it. Like, not a, It happens, right? Then he asked me this, why did production mess up? Now, when he asked me that, I thought, uh oh, something is afoot. I've just found myself in a teachable moment, right? So I put a little more thought into it. And I said, well, I had some thoughts and ideas on how this thing needed to happen with the customer. And they didn't necessarily agree. And I backed off and didn't insist on communicating those things, which means that I set production up for failure. And my man just knowingly nodded his head and gave me a knowing, a knowing and, and gentle smile over my answer. And I thought, oh boy, interesting, interesting. I'm the one who failed production by not making sure that they were in full understanding of the customer's needs, desires, and expectations, even though I was getting pushback from production. The next thing that this senior senior sales guy said to me changed the way I saw sales and sales departments forever. Forever. What he said to me was Nathan, in this organization, we don't have a lot of salespeople here, as you can tell. These salespeople in this department walk around inside this company like heroes. He said they're admired. They're respected, they're looked up to, and people like them and people support them. Have you noticed that? And my response had to be, "Yeah, I actually, I actually have noticed that. It's really quite special, actually." He said, "Do you know why that is?" Now, me being half clever, right at the time, I said, "Well, there's a really strong culture here that I'm a bit, really big fan of." He said, "That's exactly correct, and let me tell you." about where that culture comes from, at least inside of this company. All of the salespeople that work here know that each person in this company's job, their paychecks, their retirement, their kids' school supplies, the food on their table, all depend upon you and upon me. The salespeople in this company know that those people depend on them. They know, the salespeople know, that it is their responsibility to ensure that the people in production and administration and tech support and everyone else is able to perform their job at their best. It's our responsibility as the salespeople. It's our responsibility to make sure that fights don't happen between production and between the customers. It's our responsibility to stand in the gap in that communication and ensure that if the, if the customer needs to, needs to punch somebody, figuratively speaking, of course, we're the ones who stand in the, da- in the gap and we take the hits for production. If production's really upset at the customer for whatever reason, we stand in the gap and we take the hit from production. Now, this left me fairly dumbfounded. I had never heard this explained this way to me before. He continued on in saying, that's what the salespeople here in this company do. As a result of that, you are paid very, very well. And not only that, if you execute this and do this correctly, the people in this company will love you, support you, and take care of you better than you've ever been taken care of in your life. blew my mind. I'd been in different organizations before and I was floored by this concept. So I said, okay, if that's the case, I'm gonna give this thing my everything, right? So I endeavored as much as I possibly could from then forward to make the success of every person in that company my specific job. To make sure that their ability to pay their bills, that's my specific job to make sure that this company can propel itself into the future. My specific job. And as I began to do that, I began to notice opportunities to stand in the gap and make sure that I was the punching bag whenever that punching bag needed to be there because I could take it. And I can tell you this, my friends, that company became more supportive, more loving, more helpful, more generous to me than I'd ever experienced in any other sales culture in my entire life. At one point I was at my desk having a conversation with somebody from production. We finished up our conversation. I expressed how much I appreciated her. Uh, Her name was Amy, Uh, how much I appreciated her and what she did and her job. And she said to me, Nathan, you're the top of the food chain. We love you. We want you guys to kill it. We need you to kill it. And so we will give to you and do for you whatever you need and whatever you want to make sure you can do that. Couldn't believe it. This is where I'd like to introduce you to the concept of the hero sales culture. The hero sales culture is marked by salespeople who are willing to make sacrifices. They're willing to sacrifice their ego. They're willing to sacrifice their time They're willing to sacrifice oftentimes their resources and oftentimes they're willing to sacrifice their money. I know with this particular company, for the most part, the salespeople were the first people through the front door every single day. And generally, they were the last ones to leave. That did not go unnoticed amongst the rest of the company because they would come in and they knew that's Nathan's car. That's so-and-so's car. That's so-and-so's car. We know those are the sales guys. They're already here. And then when they're on their way out, they can still see those cars in the parking lot as well. Now, I know some of you don't work at a central office, right? But you get the point that I'm getting at. Hero salespeople are also willing to stand in the gap. If somebody's upset, somebody's angry, you're willing to be the lightning rod, you're willing to be the punching bag. Because if you're willing to do that and you're willing to take those hits in order to keep the peace and keep a healthy relationship through departments in the company, between customers and the other, other uh, 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 team members in the business, then people will see that and they'll recognize that you're concerned about them making sure that they can do their job. And the hero salespeople are honored to be in that position. They're honored and humbled to be in the position of having everybody else's success and weight laying on their shoulders. Now, you might be asking yourself, How do I get this kind of sales culture? Like I said before, it's not particularly easy, but I would like to give you some of the ingredients that go into doing this. Um, As per usual with Contractor Coach Pro, um, everything starts and ends with leadership, okay? So we're gonna start with leadership. Uh, It is leadership's job, and I'm talking to you, owners, leaders, managers, all of you guys. It is your job to communicate To your salespeople, especially the new ones, how difficult and what goes into the jobs of the other silos in our business, how hard it is to work in production, oftentimes being outside in the heat with no AC, right? not driving around in a truck, Um, oftentimes how difficult it is to deal with customers who don't communicate back to you, how difficult it is for missed scheduling, or man, when it rains and all the jobs have to get pushed back or when your salesperson doesn't communicate to you all the things that you need to do your job correctly and you have to figure out how to make this thing work. How difficult it is to be in the administrative or to be in the production side of the business. Leadership, you have got to communicate that to your salespeople so that your salespeople have an understanding and an appreciation of what these people do. Likewise, leadership also needs to communicate to the other departments how difficult it is to be a salesperson. It really isn't that easy. Most of us salespeople hear no more often than we hear yes. Most of us salespeople deal with people constantly questioning our motives. Even though we have the customer's best interest at heart, the customer thinks we may just be trying to make a buck off of them. Sometimes salespeople go through dry spells. Sometimes things are great. Sometimes things are just horrible. And so leadership, it's your job to communicate to production and administration the importance of sales, the fact that without sales and revenue, none of the rest of us have a job and how difficult their job actually is. So that's the number one thing for leadership. The number two thing for leadership is uh, we need to demonstrate and be an example of the advocacy. I've talked about being the punching rat, being the punching bag, being the lightning rod, standing in the gap. You, as leaders, need to demonstrate that. We do not allow our departments to go to war with one another. If one department has a problem with the other, we stand in the gap, we take that hit, we take responsibility. And then our salespeople are able to see us modeling that and the fact that we're strong, we can handle it, and we move through the challenges. And because we're the ones who are able to take the lightning, be the, be the lightning rod, then the rest of our departments have a, a, an easier time working peaceably amongst each other. That's leadership. We need to start there. All right, number two, salespeople. Number one thing, advocacy. Punching bag, lightning rod, you get the picture. Now, this primarily happens for you between your customers and the company. If the customer's upset, take that hit. Literally, take that hit. If the company is upset, take that hit and protect the customer. I, at one point, um, uh, I had one of my uh, support people come up to me and they were laughing and they said that um, they said that they were talking with one of their regular uh, customers that they deal with in their, in their particular role. And they said that they wanted to make sure that they were extra polite to that support person because they never wanted to hear from an angry Nathan for treating one of their support people unkindly. That support person really, really appreciated that. I can also tell you that, um, the sacrifice component needs to be real for a salesperson. Okay. I mentioned earlier about being the first ones there and the last ones to leave. <clears throat> um, but the concept that you're not worried about your ego and making sure that everybody knows that you're right or that you're the best or that it, or that it isn't your fault, that it isn't your fault. Standing in the gap means you're not worried about whether or not it's your fault or not. It means that you're worried about protecting your people and or your customers. Standing or Sacrifice can also mean some of your resources. I can tell you at one point I was, I was working with, with an organization and uh, I was overwhelmed. I was on the road. I had lots of people making demands of me and I just was having a problem getting to all of them. And I called up uh, my gal, Cindy. She was in the administrative uh, side of the business, and I said, Cindy, could you please help me get this thing to this customer? I'm just just—I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to get it to them this evening uh, when, they, when they're expecting it. Cindy said, sure, I'll help you out. Well, she helped me out. A sale ensued. I split the commission with Cindy for helping me out by sending some paperwork. Cindy couldn't believe it. Cindy was a character. As a matter of fact, uh, Cindy took that money that, uh, that she made with that commission and she went and bought a pair of calf high patent red leather, Doc Martin boots. She had, she had her own sense of style. Every time she wears those boots, she thinks about what I did for her and how I showed her my appreciation. Do you think Cindy ever had a problem helping me out or supporting me from, from that time forward? Cindy was ready, willing, able, and looking for every chance she could to help support the team and myself. Salespeople also need to take responsibility, okay? There's there's a concept that could probably take its own podcast all on its own. There's a difference between responsibility and blame. You can take responsibility even if you're not to blame. And if you are to blame, all the more reason to take responsibility. So those are the three components that we need from the sale, from the salesperson ingredient of our hero sales culture. Now, lastly, um, production and administration. We're going to need support. Production and administration need to be supportive, okay? When and where you can. We all have accountability that we need to be held to, right? But. You folks need to think about the concept of how can we support our people in the field and what can we do for them and how can we help them? If, if we need to call a customer, if we need to, to, to send an email that maybe the sales guy needs to send, okay? What can we do to support the company and to support these guys that are out there trying to do their best to help us all win? We also need patience. Uh, administration, production, we need patience. The glaring, the glaring shortfalls of salespeople are usually on display in our oftentimes our lack of attention to detail or that we're running a million miles a minute and sometimes we don't have all of our stuff in place. We need some patience from you, especially as, especially as we try to develop this hero sales culture. This could take time and some of us need to develop some skills to be able to make our way up to being the kind of person that you guys can look up to that could be a hero salesperson in this culture and especially the new guys, right? Patience for the newbies. The last thing that's super helpful, appreciation. When I told you earlier that story about Amy, and when Amy said to me, Nathan, you're the top of the food chain and we're gonna do whatever we can to help you, that level of appreciation, I was ready to run through walls for Amy as a salesperson as a result of the appreciation that I felt from her. All right, guys. Lastly, this whole component to the hero salesperson. Salespeople, being looked at as a hero is earned. And it's earned through uh through advocacy, through your sacrifice, through your responsibility, and through standing in the gap. Okay, that's what we got to do. If we can do that, we'll be looked up to. Support, we need your help. We need your support, we need your patience, we need your appreciation. Now, if you two could go to war over who can outdo the other in those, in those attributes or in those concepts, I think you'd be getting really close to becoming a hero sales culture. <sighs> two years in the making and there it is. I really hope you guys find this helpful. I hope you found it interesting. Um, if there's any way that we can help you in building your hero sales culture or anything else that you need, please don't hesitate to check us out. ContractorCoachPro.com as well as on on Facebook at uh, at Contractor Coach Pro and our private Facebook group. You can also find us on LinkedIn and all the places that that you need to look. I'm sure we'll be there. All right, guys, that's all I have for this week. I really hope that you guys can, can work hard towards developing this culture. We'll see you next time.
0: Well, there you have it, another awesome episode of Contractor Radio. We hope you found it both entertaining and educational, and it helps you with your business to put yourself into a position to work on it instead of in it, It gives you the strategies to move your business forward and grow, and helps you lead your team. Remember, Contractor Radio is sponsored by Contractor Coach Pro, where we help home services contractors achieve their dreams. If you're trying to achieve your dreams with your contracting business, check us out at ContractorCoachPro.com or give us a call at 832-674-1011 and find out how we can help you achieve your dreams with your business.